Walk by the Spirit. Do not gratify the desires of the flesh. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you updated yourself on the latest um, murmurings of the Democratic National Committee and read the Washington Post this morning, you will see a lovely article. should give you um, a, a reason to, to be cheerful today. It seems as though it's come to the attention of the Washington Post that Pope Francis um, has a habit of venerating relics. And apparently that he's the, um, there hasn't been a Pope venerating relics in over a hundred years, apparently. Um, he, um, he got off to a bad start by having what many of us regard to be the bones of St. Peter uh, on display for veneration in St. Peter's Basilica soon after his becoming Bishop of Rome. And this bad habit only grew worse um, by requesting that the, the, um, the body of St. Padre Pio would also be on display in St. Peter's Basilica next year for veneration of the faithful. Um, and this, uh, this visit of, of His Holiness this coming month uh, is coinciding with the visit of the remains of St. Maria Goretti, who will be visiting various places in the United States so the faithful can venerate her sacred remains. Um, but what takes the cake is, is His Holiness going to Naples to venerate the relics of, of St. Januarius. Um, the blood of St. Januarius, which is um, presented to the faithful several times a year, on, on occasion, turns to liquid, as you well know. Um, and this is apparently a problem. So, um, so it would be good if we made sure that the Washington Post did not find out that some people were healed of their illnesses by touching our Lord's cloak, you know, the hem of his garment. They shouldn't know that. And they certainly should not be told about what's reported in the Acts of the Apostles um, when people would take handkerchiefs and touch them to St. Paul and then heal the sick by touching them to the bodies of the sick. They shouldn't, shouldn't find out about that. And they certainly should not be told about how the sick sometimes were healed simply by having the shadow of St. Peter pass over them. That's in Acts chapter 5. Um, so be sure not to let them know about that. Um, because what would happen? They might come to the conclusion that the faith not only preached but also practiced by the Catholic Church is the same um, truth and life of our Lord and Savior. And that would, that would really ruin a lot of cocktail parties. So we need to make sure that that doesn't happen because that will um, be the end of this supposed um, liberation from, um, from fact that, that material things actually can become holy. 
This is not the, the ultimate lie of the evil one, but it's one of the great lies. Sin is inevitable. Concupiscence can't be overcome. Adultery, promiscuity, contraception are ubiquitous. They're normal. But our Lord makes it very clear, and St. Paul does as well, the very, very, very good news that material things can become holy, that the body can be sanctified, that heaven can begin to be experienced now. St. Paul makes it very clear in his letter. Today we read from the letter to the Galatians. In the ordinary masses today, very similar readings were presented to the faithful, quoting our Lord, making it very clear from which evil comes. Hear me, all of you, and understand. Nothing that enters one from outside can defile that person, but the things that come out from within are what defile. From within people, from their hearts, come evil thoughts, unchastity, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, licentiousness, envy, blasphemy, arrogance, folly. All these evils come from within, and they defile. That's the teaching of our Lord. St. Paul helpfully reiterates this teaching. What we heard from his letter to the Galatians, chapter 5, is preached as well to the Ephesians. St. John repeats it in the book of Revelation. In St. Paul's letter to the Corinthians, he says, Do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexual offenders, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And that is what some of you were. Realize that when St. Paul is teaching this, he's preaching the good news. The good news is that so many of you, so many of us, used to be caught up in these things and were not headed to heaven, but now you are. Because these things are no longer part of your life. How is that? And how do we maintain that? How do we, how do we foster that happiness, that joy, which is a characteristic of the life that leads to heaven? How do we, how do we keep that going? It's altogether too easily the case that we read St. Paul, we read our Lord, and we think that he's wagging his finger and simply telling people, don't do these things. Some of us had the opportunity to learn from the great spiritual master, Bob Newhart, growing up. Others maybe were able to benefit from some of his wisdom on Saturday Night Live some years ago when in the character of a counselor, 
and he's helping someone who's trying to break a bad habit, he um, allows his glasses to slide down just a little bit closer to the edge of his nose, and he, and he says, I want you to remember two words. It's very easy. It's a very simple solution. And he's only getting paid by, by the minute. You can write these words down. It's very easy. But memorize them. Stop it. <laughs> it's easy for us to think that that is the advice other people need. And it's easy for us to think that that's what we need to tell ourselves when we coach ourselves to be good, which we do relatively constantly. It's going to be very difficult, if not impossible, for us to end a bad thought, an unwelcome thought. As much as it's, it's quite difficult for someone simply to stop doing a bad habit. St. Paul offers us a little bit of insight, actually a great deal of insight. Walk by the Spirit. Do not gratify the desires of the flesh. In the gospel we heard, you cannot serve both God and mammon. And so the task isn't just curb the desires of the flesh or just don't serve mammon. The task is walk by the Spirit. Serve God. So that unwelcome thought, it's an, it's an annoyance, it, it's, it's terrible. The, the more we tell ourselves, don't think about that thought, we're actually thinking about that thought. It's a terrible trap, especially youngsters, especially um, observant youngsters, not even necessarily scrupulous, but observant youngsters can get caught in that trap of thinking, I shouldn't think about this, I shouldn't think about this. And all they're doing is thinking about this. Pursue a good thought. Think about something good, holy, virtuous, lovely, beautiful. That sounds like St. Paul. St. Paul said that. Instead of just simply stopping that bad habit, do something good. Pick up a good habit. Not just simply something not sinful, something even enjoyable, something you will end up preferring to that other bad habit. And that then begins the road to a life of even, of even greater virtue, even heroic virtue. It's impossible for us to really pray if we're not in the state of grace. It's simply impossible to discern if we're not in the state of grace. Discernment happens when we're able to spend time with our Lord regularly, every day, and to, and to be aware of how he is leading our thoughts, leading our affections, purifying our will. When that is a way of life and it continues for months and years, a soul that allows itself to be led like that can almost begin to ask itself the question for the sake of discernment, what is it that I want to do? Really and truly only the Blessed Virgin could pose that question and come up with the right answer. But we come almost close to that. But consider the soul that's that's not in the state of grace or the soul that's only trying to avoid sin, trying only to avoid caving into it. They sit down at home or they kneel down here in church and they close their eyes and what happens? Their thoughts are full of bad things that they're trying to avoid. And what do they usually do? They give up praying. 
because it's too, too painful. And so we strive to purify our thoughts. Pray, 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 pray regularly. Eventually, it's, it's the words of holy words that repeat in our head that replace whatever other bad habits occupied our thoughts. Eventually, the soul is confident that I can be good. My thoughts can be holy. And then they realize that those, those bad thoughts that come to me immediately when I sit down and, and close my eyes, eventually they'll go away. They'll, they'll flush out. Someone who's not accustomed to running starts to allow their feet to hit pavement and they have aches and pains and so they stop. But someone who has the experience of the practice of running knows that no, though, some of those aches and pains, they actually work their way out after a mile, after two miles, after three miles. That ache, that pain, that twitch, they actually will go away. That doesn't mean I'm doing something wrong. The soul then that perseveres in prayer, that perseveres in a life without sin, is able then to discern. We're blessed in this parish to have had many vocations come from our ranks to the priesthood, to the religious life. In the bulletin this Sunday is a list of those who are affiliated with St. John's who are in formation, including Abbe Norman. His and another young man who's studying in Madrid for this diocese will have their pictures added to the bulletin board in the lobby here and in the lobby of the church as soon as we get their photographs uh, back from the post office lobby. And then we can look forward to promoting vocations among our young ones currently and encouraging them to live without sin, encouraging them to be chaste, helping them to learn the discipline of prayer, showing them that a life of good habits and virtues is enjoyable and preferable, and then allowing God to do the rest, to draw them to love him above all else, to win their hearts so that they're willing to sacrifice everything for him, to genuinely care about others' well-being, not just their avoiding damnation. A few weeks ago, I hosted Bishop Laverde and, and a group of seminarians that get together every year for a reunion of sorts. Inevitably, the story is repeated by someone about a young man who started his seminary studies in Rome and after only a few weeks was already packing his bags and giving away things and putting them on the, the regali shelf, the, the shelf where you give away stuff that you don't want to pack up and take home. It was a little surprising and generated questions. Why are you leaving? Why are you going home already? And he admitted, I don't really care if Mrs. McGillicuddy is having a good bad day. And if I don't care if Mrs. McGillicuddy isn't having a, isn't having a good day, then I shouldn't be a priest. Good for him. Now, those of you who are normal also realize that he's not very well suited for marriage either. <laughs> and so we stop sin. We begin to pray. And then we discern. Discerning not just to decide, do I get to do what I want or do I have to become religious or a priest? But discerning the heart of Jesus and how I am going to love him and serve him and be his instrument of loving and serving others. To be willing to give up my life for my family, for my spouse, for my children. 
to be willing to give up my life for spiritual children, for my brothers and sisters in the church, to live by the Spirit. A beautiful sign that that is beginning to happen is that someone enjoys coming to Mass. They have a life of prayer already at home. They have a life of prayer at home because they've already given up sin. And then it's here at this altar where we enjoy being in the presence of God, where we know we are tangibly proximate to heaven. That our lives can can take shape. And in whichever heroic vocation our Lord leads us, we know that we are continuing the incarnation, much to the chagrin and much to the surprise of of those who think that it's a mere fairy tale and impossible. It's the priests and nuns, it's the moms and dads who don't complain about their lives, who don't whine, that reveal that heaven is is right around the corner and that this good way of life is possible for everyone who turns to the Lord and turns away from sin. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.